Welcome to the Art of Rewilding podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Eden. This podcast aims to wake the innate wild inside of all of us through story medicine and taboo tales of birth, death, rebirth, connection, and reclamation. There is no one right way to rewild, only your way. This is our gentle revolution of the healed feminine. Welcome to this liminal space. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, glorious humans, and welcome to the Art of Rewilding podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Eden. Today, I am going to talk about her story. So strap in um, over the next couple of episodes. I'm going to cover some wounds, including the sisterhood wounds and the witch wounds. But you cannot fully understand those wounds if you do not have a good grasp of our her story and where it all sort of stemmed from and rooted from. So my question to you is, how well do you know our history? Or in this case, our history. Um, we were not born wanting a separation. We were not born wanting competition and judgment and isolation. Women are not innately catty, quote unquote catty, competitive, judgmental, or quote unquote bitchy. This is all programmed behavior. In fact, they're all trauma responses based on our collective and intergenerational trauma. I love this quote, to know where you are going, ask those coming back. It's so important that we know our history. In the beginning, women were worshipped. Birth, fertility, menstruation, sex and old age were all considered highly sacred and honoured accordingly. The goddess was revered. Vaginas, wombs, pussies, vulvas and menstrual blood were all considered the portals of life and death. They were not taboo like they are today. Temples were built in their honour. Statues were carved throughout cultures all over the world to depict the sacredness of their power. And women, the holders of this power, were revered. Without women, there was believed to be no life for humans or for the earth. And therefore, women were celebrated and worshipped as being the custodians, caretakers and owners of the land. Both land and surnames were passed down via the maternal line, the ancestral line known as the red thread, because cellular and epigenetic memories are passed down via our mitochondrial DNA only to and from women. Matrilineal societies were and are not reverse patriarchies. This is something that gets thrown around a lot. They're not just reverse patriarchies. They centered around and valued community, secure attachment, connection, nurturing, relationships, and our physiological needs as human beings, interconnected and interdependent with one another and the earth. Boys, men, and all people 
benefit from matrilineal and mother-centered societies. Rochelle Garcia-Saliga, who I love, says, to tell the, her- the health of a culture, just look at the health of the mothers. And then it began. In three very distinct but interconnected ways, we were separated, frightened and shamed. First, it began with war and division, groups of nomadic single male God-worshipping men who had access to newly created weapons during the Bronze and Iron Ages began to divide the women from their land and take it for themselves. Women could no longer own nor pass down land and they could no longer be priestesses or rulers. Then came the fear and separation via the introduction of male-dominant religions and the witch hunts. Women were encouraged to turn against one another to protect themselves and their families. It became a war on anyone who had the knowledge and wisdom of body sovereignty and our connection to the earth, especially the midwives, herbalists, medicine makers and shamans. But anyone could be called a witch. Men, women and even children were were burned, drowned, exiled, executed. So it became everyone for themselves and the sisterhood, community, interdependence and connection so vital for our ability to thrive and feel safe was severed. The priests and religious leaders took the place of those who were exiled and anything that might be considered witchcraft and banned it. It was hidden and subsequently forgotten. Hence why birth, menstruation, natural medicine, And anything similar to that continue to be feared. And then came collective body shame via the introduction of modern medicine. With the midwives and herbalists gone and much of their wisdom lost, and with the priests and patriarchal governance firmly in charge, modern medicine became the new deity for all worship. The previous understandings and beliefs surrounding reproduction, fertility, physiology were hidden and black women became the victims of countless barbaric experiments for the medical establishment to find new ways of practicing. Medicine became the easiest way to control people and the quickest way to profit and they did that using shame. When people are scared and ignorant about their options they're willing to hand themselves over to those quote-unquote more experienced without question. And questioning was scary because if you question, you might be considered a witch and persecuted. Menstruation, pregnancy, sex, birth, menopause and death have become huge business. We stopped focusing on our most basic human needs of connection, belonging, co-regulation, connection with the earth and her innate healing abilities and centered everything around profit, reputation, and convenience. And that was very much tied in with fear and shame and wanting to avoid discomfort around that, those feelings of fear and shame. Women only began birthing on their backs when the fetish of King Louis of France wanted to have a front seat view of his wives giving birth, and it became a trend. This positioning is most often physiologically detrimental and slows down the process of physiological birth. And yet 
we still continue to enforce it in hospitals today, not for the benefit of the mother or child, but for the ease and comfort of the medical professionals. They can see more easily and manage the process and will potentially have to do more because the positioning is likely to cause more problems. But this is based on a fetish of some king that made it a trend and now we've just been doing it ever since. The way we do things today has a lot of influence from the experiences of our ancestors and these ways of being and doing are often not at all in our best interest. Just because we've been doing them this way for so long doesn't mean we should be, (laughs) doesn't mean we should just continue it just because that's the way it's always been done. We need to question and look at where it's come from and why and who's benefiting. You can see the remnants of this history and the goddess worship, the cycle worship and the earth-based spirituality and connections still within the church and within the medical system, but only if you look hard and you, you know to look. Notice how our celebrations still can still connect with the pagan sabbats and with the cycles of the moon and and the seasons and with astrology. Notice how churches still hold the arches and the artifacts that resemble sacred yonis, holy water that that resembles amarita, and wine in a chalice that resembles the womb holding the blood of life. Once you see it, you'll never unsee it. And you will begin to notice the wild awaken within you. The wild that needs to roar once again if we are ever to reclaim our truest, most authentic and most powerful nature as individuals, but also as interdependent, co-regulating community and a whole species whose survival relies on our connection and our reverence to Mother Earth. Know your history know how to heal, know how to rewild and reconnect. We still carry the memories, traumas and wounds of our ancestors. If you feel fear towards others, especially other women, doctors or religion, if you carry body shame, if you yearn to talk to the plants and if you feel better when you co-regulate with other women, these are all cellular memories being triggered. The time to heal is now for our ancestors, for ourself, for our descendants and for the future. Start slowly and start gently. Start with cycle charting, circle medicine and connecting back to nature. Do some research into our history and particularly into our her story and those who have suffered at the hands of those who are profiting off of our vulnerabilities and disconnection. I suggest everyone go and get a copy of Jane Hardwick Collins's Her Story ebook and read in more detail with historical reference about her story and the impacts that continue to affect us today. I wanted to bring this up because once you see it, you can't unsee it and it's still affecting us in so many ways today, but it is the foundation for understanding specifically the witch wounds and the sisterhood wounds and the mother wounds and the father wounds And all the intergenerational trauma that we continue to feel today and how it's impacting us in this modern world. Even though we don't always notice it, it's there. Once we acknowledge it, that's when we can start to heal it. 
So check in for the next couple of episodes because they're going to relate quite significantly to this episode. I hope it was interesting and that you learned something and I hope that you go digging a bit more into our history because the more we know what came before us, the better prepared we are to make a positive future. Hey, glorious human. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Art of Rewilding podcast, I'd love it if you could leave a review and share with others who might enjoy. You can connect further with me via my Instagram, Catherine Eden underscore rewilding. And if you are a space holder or are interested in holding sacred space, such as circles, blessings, ceremonies, or rites of passage, such as menarch, birth, death and everything in between, you can check out my work at www.catherineden.com. See you next episode.